The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church and Pastor Mark Ermler. You know, worship is one of those words that we hear a lot and yet maybe don't always clearly understand. The Word of God has given us ample places that we can go to really define what worship is. And last week we began this short series by going to Genesis 22 and seeing the very first time worship is mentioned in the Scripture. You remember the story. Abraham was told to take Isaac, his only son, whom thou lovest, and God said, I want you to go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. And there as he traveled with those young men with him and and uh, carrying the wood and, and carrying the fire and the knife and ready to sacrifice that promised son, uh, he, Abraham turns to those two men and he simply said, uh, I and uh, my son, we're going to worship and we'll come again. And that's the first time worship is mentioned in the scripture. And we saw that worship has to do with, first of all, sacrifice. Now, this morning, we continue as we go to Deuteronomy chapter number 26, and I'm really using the theme of the gift of worship because, uh, honestly, at its very heart, that's what worship is. And I would love to have you listen very carefully because as we try to define worship, it's important that we define clearly other words. For instance, prayer is not necessarily worship. Now, prayer is important, and by the way, God's people ought to be a praying people, and God's house ought to be a house of prayer, and yet prayer technically is the occupation here of the believer with his needs, because prayer is asking. And so any time that I am just in that realm of prayer, I'm in that realm of asking God. Uh, to work on uh, our behalf. And so prayer is important. Prayer is, is critical. And uh, yet we see that prayer in itself is not necessarily worship. That's the preoccupation of yourself with your own needs. Now, praise is important, but praise is not worship. Uh, we uh, call this the worship center. And a lot of churches will use that term worship or, or the morning worship service. And yet, if we think somehow that it is all about just the prayer and the praise to our God, even the teaching of the Word of God, we're a little misguided as to really what worship truly is. If prayer is the occupation of the heart with our own needs, then praise is the occupation of our heart with our blessings. Why do I praise God? Well, because of the blessings that He has so richly bestowed on us. Uh, Praise Him, praise Him, Jesus, our blessed Redeemer. Why do we praise our God? Because He's been so good to us. And we want to lift up our voices and praise to Him in song. But prayer and praise in themselves are not necessarily worship. Again, in the text, we're going to see that there is an emphasis on worship. And worship is all about, and yet you're not going to see necessarily prayer here or even praise here in our text this morning. 
So what is Bible worship? Well, Bible worship is the occupation of our heart, not, not with what we need and not with what we've received, but with God Himself. Prayer, uh, uh, worship is the occupation of the believer's heart with Almighty God. And when we get a hold of really Bible worship and the reality that we are called together here to be a worshiping people, it'll change the dynamic of why you get up on a Sunday morning. It really will. If you are coming just to pray, or you are coming just to praise, or you are coming just to hear a sermon, you're going to miss out on worship. And God's desiring for us here to recognize that important element in our life as believers. God calls us to worship Him. Now, when we think of salvation here this morning, we recognize that that is God's great gift to us. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God has gifted to us His precious uh, uh, Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, spotless. His blood flowed for you and for me so that our sins could be wiped away. And we are so grateful for that this morning. And, and we can't help but praise Him with our lips for that this morning. But God desires something even deeper than our prayer and our praise. He desires our worship. So this morning, if you have your notes there from our bulletin inside, there's some study notes. Just write down, number one, uh, a proper understanding of worship. A proper understanding of worship. It's about God. It's about Him. And it's about God's people desiring to come to Him. I'm going to begin by reading verse 9, 10, and 11 of Deuteronomy chapter 26, and then we're going to jump back to the beginning of the chapter. But follow along, please, in verse number... I'll go back to 8. And the Lord brought... Us forth out of Egypt with a mighty hand and with an outstretched arm and with great terribleness and with signs and with wonders. And he hath brought us into this place and hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land which thou, O Lord, hast given me. And thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. Lord, I ask you this morning that you'd help us all to have ears to hear. God, that you would open up our heart, our minds, that we would in this moment recognize that you want to speak to us through your holy word. And I pray this morning that, God, you would give absolute liberty that your Holy Spirit would be directing not just my words, but also, uh, Lord, direct our thoughts. Help us here as we desire to hear from your truth, your word. I ask God that you would use this to transform us, uh, even today as believers. God, we would recognize 
the, the privilege that we have to come into your presence and to worship our King. Help me now, Lord, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. By introduction, you had, number one, a proper understanding of worship. Don't confuse it with prayer. Don't confuse it with praise. Worship is a preoccupation of our heart with God. And the Bible begins laying out here the people who are to worship. This would be number two in your notes. Who are the people that are to worship God? By the way, can I tell you that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not a candidate for worship. At least not worship of the true God. Uh, Remember Jesus' confrontation with a woman there at Samaria? And she was all about religion and she was all about worshiping. And Jesus just had to pause and say, you worship, but you know not what. Your focus is on the, it's a wrong God. It's a wrong worship. And there's a lot of worship that's going on in this world today. And yet, how much is truly worship of God? How much worship goes on in God's church? How much what we think is worship we practice and yet true worship is left behind. And so this morning as we look at the people of worship, the Bible tells us in verse 1, And it shall be when thou art come unto the land which the Lord thy God hath given thee. Of course in its context this is the book of Deuteronomy, so it's the second giving of the law. Moses received the law from the hand of God, and there it was on Mount Sinai, and and God's people rebelled against God, and because of that uh, rebellion, they they, at Kadesh Barnea, as the 12 spies were sent forward, they came back with that bad report, remember Numbers chapter 13, Uh, uh, two said, let's go, Caleb and Joshua, ten said, no, giants in the land, we're just grasshoppers, all of that took place. And then we see because of it, there was 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. Now at the end of those 40 years, Moses is going to give God's people final instructions before they go into the promised land. That's the book of Deuteronomy. The book of Deuteronomy is that second giving of the law. It's what it means. And so as that second giving of the law to God's people, this is that new generation, that young generation. All of the parents had died off and the grandparents and the great-grandparents. The Bible says that their carcasses fell in the wilderness. What a descriptive phrase. But they did. And now this generation is coming into the promised land with a new leader, Joshua, And the scripture allows us to see here that this book of Deuteronomy is really their marching orders. It's it's a book of instruction to them, to help them as they're going into the promised land. So all through the book of Deuteronomy, you're going to have this repetition of remember, 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 remember. Don't forget. And in here in chapter number 26, we do see the people that are qualified to worship are, first of all, the people of God. In the Old Testament, it was the Jewish people. Here today, it's Jews and Gentiles alike. It's all those that have come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And we have this privilege now to also be worshipers of the true God. And we, as God's people, have so much uh, uh, to 
give back to our Lord because of how good He's been to us. You see, verse number 5 starts giving us a little bit of, uh, of what God's people went through. And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, A Syrian ready to perish was my father. And he went down into Egypt and sojourned there with a few. It was 70 that went down. And became there a nation great and mighty and populous. You see, the people were really a destitute people. Remember why they went down seven years of famine? There was no bread in the land. They literally saw themselves as men and women and boys and girls about to die. Just a small family, 70 individuals. The offspring there of Abraham. Jacob and his sons and their children. And we see that God began to take that group of destitute, despised individuals, took them down to Egypt at the guidance of Joseph, who had gone before. And now after 430 years, God's allowing them to come up with a strong hand. You can read the story in Exodus chapter 12, the Passover. Uh, There, Moses standing before Pharaoh, let my people go that they may serve me. And finally, when that uh, uh, last of those plagues, the the firstborn was killed that night, uh, the Passover took place. The death angel passed by, and we see that it's those people that have the privilege of worshiping. People that are under the blood. You see, the doorpost, they needed the blood of that innocent lamb so the death angel would pass on by. And for you and for me here... In this day and age, we must come to Jesus Christ and His precious shed blood as the only remission for sins. There's no other way that your sins and my sins can be forgiven but through the powerful blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are people of God by birth, born into this marvelous family. And we see that as people of God, we have the privilege to worship Him. So we have a proper understanding of what worship is. We have, number two, the people that are qualified here to worship. And number three, I just want you to see the priority of worship for them. Verse 1, And it shall be, When thou art come into the land. The priority is, this is the first priority. This is what happens. I'm I'm bringing you out of Egypt so I can bring you in to this land of promise. And in this land of promise, I'm desiring that you would be worshipers of the true God. That's why in the Ten Commandments, both in Deuteronomy uh, chapter uh, 5 and Exodus chapter number 20, you have uh, these commandments that are given. The first one has to do with our worship. Our worship, the right worship of God. And so we see the priority that is laid out for us. Oh, that you and I would see the importance of truly worshiping God, not letting it be an afterthought. I mean, truly coming to God, letting our hearts be occupied with God Himself. Why do you come to church? Well, I come because my family comes. Oh, you ought to come because you want to 
allow your life here to just be open to your God. Your heart's desire is that God would be your all in all. I come for the music. Oh, I I come for the fellowship. I come for the class. I come for the kids' ministry. I come for the friendly handshake. Or I I, I come here because my friends are there. Listen, you ought to come because you want to worship God. That's why you come. I mean, worship God. Just recognize that He is your life. We're living in a day and age where church has become something much better Seem, seemingly much bigger than just the, the baseline of worship before God. And every church has to outdo one another here to try to attract someone. Listen, it's not a beauty contest or a popularity contest concerning what can be provided. It's not about what you receive. It's about what we are able to give. And what we're giving is our worship to God. That's what it's all about. And all that we would understand that reality. See, the priority there is this worship. When thou comest into the land. It didn't say if you get into the land. You see, there's a confidence that we have as we approach a time of worship. Uh, we're coming. That's, that's actively pushing aside all the other things that we could be doing to come. And worship our King. And that's what they were encouraged to do. They were encouraged here to recognize that you can have this confidence. There's an opportunity uh, that you need to come. uh, and, and, And that as you come, you can participate in Bible worship. Now let's go to verse 2. And I want us to see the preparation of worship. Not only, it, it's a, it ought to be a priority in your life. Uh, and, and, and I know for a preacher, this is tough. But I tell you what, the, the number one reason you ought to come to Crown Point Baptist Church is not necessarily because uh, even the preaching of the Word of God. Although the preaching is central to what God wants to accomplish. It truly has to be about God working through His Word in my heart. I'm coming to God. I'm seeking to worship God. And God's going to reveal Himself even in a greater way through the preaching ministry, through the songs, through the specials, through the time of prayer. And all that we would also recognize we need to be prepared to worship. So let's go to verse 2. What does it say? That thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land, that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall, shalt, uh, and, and giveth thee, and shalt put it in a basket, and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. Here's the preparation. Now, I'm not going to go to all the different verses that are highlighted here in the book of Deuteronomy, but it's very clear that God was the one that was providing, I mean, everything for His people if they would just trust Him to cross over into this promised land. 
You remember the text in Joshua chapter number 24 where Joshua's reminding the people, listen, we're living in houses we didn't build. We're enjoying vineyards we never planted. We're, we're living in cities that were built by somebody else. God gave it all to us. Uh, why is Joshua saying that in Joshua 24? Because Moses said it in Deuteronomy. And we see here in the book of Deuteronomy several times there's a reference here of what God did. For instance, Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 10, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells digged, which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees, which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware, lest thou forget thy God. You see, it was Moses that tried to remind the people, listen, it's all from God. It's all from God. And what Bible worship is, as you get to Deuteronomy 26, it's a remembrance of what God has so richly blessed you with and the opportunity that we have to prepare a basket, let's call it basket of gratitude, that we're able to fill and to bring it to God. That's worship. That's worship. Now, why are you here this morning? Are you here to, to get are you here to give? That tells me whether you're here to worship or not to worship. Worship is about here the preparing of the heart. It's recognizing here that I have an opportunity based on all the goodness of God to take a basket. And in that basket I'm going to put the first fruits of all this blessing that God's given to me and I'm going to give it back. You know what church ought to be about? You know what would be, I mean, so attractive to the world, they'd be beating down the doors. If anybody that showed up in this assembly, uh, they would see such love, such concern, such giving of oneself to someone else that they would just say, I want to be around that. That's worship. Worship is giving. Worship is giving to God and giving to each other. Worship is coming here together to say, Lord, I'm not in this for what I need this morning. I'm in this for really how I can worship you today. How can I bring a basket of gratitude to you today? What can I put in my basket today that's worthy of my great God? And boy, if you got up on a Sunday morning and thought, I've got a basket, I've been filling it all week, I can't wait to get to church so that I can present it before the Lord. Can I tell you something? Sunday morning would get exciting in your household. If all week long you're just thinking about, oh, I want to get that basket and I want to bring it, I'd like to fill it. Oh, I, I want to bring it before my God because He's worthy. And so there's a preparation that goes on here in preparing our hearts to worship our God. And, and that is what verse 2 declares, that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth. Now I recognize that technically for the children of Israel, this is in a very narrow scope saying that, listen, you need to give the first fruits back to God of what He's blessed you with materially. 
I'm kind of broadening this beyond just our material blessings. Now, God's people there were challenged. Hey, the fruit, first fruits belong to God. And you'll see that pattern throughout the Scriptures. And I, can I help you with something? If you really want to, uh, I mean, truly worship God, then that's the, the starting place for the child of God. I, I mean, I learned as a child on how when I come to God's house that I come with something in my hand to worship my God. It's Bible. They, they prepared the first fruits basket. Why did they do it? To honor God. Honor the Lord with thy substance and the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty. Proverbs 3, verse 9. That's what God declares. God says, you honor me. That's honoring to me when you prepare a basket that you can bring to me. Not just because I'm here to get, but God, I'm here to give an expression of the gratitude that I have in my heart for you. Exodus 23, 15 tells us not to come before God empty-handed. I come to God with a desire here uh, for Him and, and to give to Him my heart, my love, uh, my, my strength, my might. I just want to give to my God today. You heard about the little girl that was watching mom iron. And there as she's sitting there, mom looks up and says, what do you want? And the little girl says, I don't want a thing. I just want to be with you and love you. And that's something our our first reaction is just, what do you want? We come before God with our gimmies. It's a preoccupation. God, I need this. And then when God does, oh God, I want to praise you. I don't want to be an ingrate. So I praise you for answering. And, and now God, how about giving me this so I can praise you some more? And then God, give me this so I can praise you some more. And God says, well, what about me? What about me? What about worship? What about recognizing that really the church is not about us, it's about Him? Oh, that, that would stir us this morning as we prepare our baskets of gratitude each and every week. You say, how does that connect with the text? I'm just going to read verse number uh, 9 and 10 once again. And he hath brought us into this place and hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. And now behold, I have brought the first fruits of the land. That's the basket which thou, O Lord, hast given me, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. That's all it was. It was a recognition that, God, you did it all. You gave it all. You've blessed me. I mean, my life before you came into my life was an absolute mess heading nowhere. And you saved me. You took me off that broad road and placed me on a narrow road and gave me life. And oh, that we would recognize now we have this privilege of giving back. 
Where's the place that we are to give? Verse 2, And thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shalt put it in a basket, and shalt go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. When they first went in the land, some of you Bible students know it was the place called Shiloh. It's where the tabernacle was set up. And that's where they came to worship. And then later on, we see in the city of Jerusalem, a temple was built. David's heart was to see a temple built. And and the temple was built by Solomon, his son. And oh, how David gave of himself to secure the goods necessary to give that great gift to God for this temple, this place of worship. And so we see here, the place of worship is the place of God's choosing. It was Shiloh. It was the tabernacle. Later it was the temple. And my friend this morning, it's God's local church. That's the place. That's the place that God says, I want you to come. And I want you to give your basket of gratitude to your God. Number six, the presentation itself. Let's go to verse three and four. And the Bible says, And thou shalt go unto the priest that shall be in those days, and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God that I am come unto the country which the Lord swear unto our fathers for to give us. And the priest shall take the basket out of thine hand and set it down before the altar of the Lord thy God. The presentation is made. It's a holy thing. The priest had to take it there before the altar of the Lord. This was the people of God's expression of their worship to God. And as they gathered that basket of gratitude and they brought that before God, it was a vivid picture portrait of their hearts of worship for the God that's done everything for them. You know, in the New Testament, Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter number 1 really about this salvation that took place because of the shedding of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and that great gift that God gave to us. But then he goes on in that next chapter and talks about how we as believers now can give to God in chapter 2, verse number 5, where we are to offer up spirit, get it? Spiritual sacrifices to our God. We are kings and priests. And we have the opportunity to worship before God. And you and I individually can take this basket of gratitude and bring it to our God as an expression of our worship of Him. You're saying, Pastor, do you want want us not to pray? No, pray more. (laughs) Uh, we, We have lots of needs as the people of God. You say, Pastor, do you want us not to praise God as much as we're praising God? No, continue to praise God. But don't allow prayer and praise to be confused 
with worship. Recognize that worship is something entirely different. And that God wants the occupation of your heart to be completely on Him. And that God here would give you a largeness of heart so that you might make this presentation to your God. What's the proper attitude? This is number seven in your notes. The proper attitude of worship is simply humility. Do you see it in verse five? And thou shalt speak and say before the Lord thy God, a Syrian ready to perish was my father. Ah, he recognized what he really was before a holy God. A Syrian ready to perish, that's all, that's all I was. That's all my father was. And, and you are the one that has allowed us here to know you, to love you, to worship you. God wants us to have that right attitude. And then, as we close this morning, would you look once again at verse 9 and 10. I've read them twice before. I'd like you to see it one more time. And that is the provision of worship. And he hath brought us into this place and hath given us this land, even a land that floweth with milk and honey. Who gave the land? God gave the land. Verse 10, And now behold, I have brought the firstfruits of the land which thou, O Lord, hast given me, and thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. The provision of worship is that which thou hast given me. Isn't that amazing? That God simply calls us to worship Him with the bounty that he's heaped upon us. And that's how you and I have the privilege of worshiping. God delights in it. Oh, can you see the priest now bringing that basket, that basket that was broad of the first fruits of the land, and that priest there went before the altar of God and laid it down before the altar of God And God received that offering from a heart of worship of one of His own. Listen, one of the the most holy things that you and I can do, really, is to offer worship before our God. And that is the one thing that not only He receives, but the Bible tells us here that as we send along our basket of gratitude, that Thieves don't have access to it. Rust, moth, they can't corrupt it. It's laid up in heaven. What a blessing. Why? Because it's been offered here in worship. The overflow of a grateful heart. That's what worship is. The overflow of a grateful heart. It's the occupation of the heart, not with its needs and not with its blessings, 
but with God himself. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.